0: for a little bit make sure we're good should i not be uh drinking juice juice box on on mic
1: um i think you can drink juice box on mic right. yeah. i think that that's acceptable <laughs> i think our audience would be blessed i gotta
0: say i was in a pretty bad mood until i started drinking this juice box <laughs>
1: is episode three of the movie blues podcast oh, we're gonna keep that all in there huh? we haven't uh, quit yet um we'll keep it in i think we'll see what that reveals about your character all right Again, our audience can't see that you're currently wearing full dress clothes, drinking a juice box. It's a very... I feel like you said the power dynamic was off when you had the computer versus me. <laughs> yeah. I think the power dynamic is now off because you're fully in dress clothes, yeah. drinking a children's drink, and I'm like wearing my work clothes. <laughs> yeah, it's the baller think. move. Um, anyway, welcome to the Movie Blues Podcast. This is episode three. I'm Dan Lyons. I'm Dan Endin, And we're, we're, we're doing still it. doing it. We're doing it again. I'm going to say we're still doing it. Yeah. Um...
0: And I'm I'm enthusiastic about
1: it. I think by all means we could have quit by now, but it would have been a lot of work wasted. I don't know that we're going
0: to find a movie ripe for material quite so much as Yoga Hosers. Mm. Yeah, I'm
1: sure our audience is clamoring for something as good as Yoga Hosers today. And we do have some... Very special films to talk about. Yeah, we have a bunch. Uh, in some good directions and some bad directions, we have a new segment we're going to unveil today. Maybe I'll even write up a new, like, uh, showdown-style jingle. So, like, Ooh. a play on the... <whistles> who, yeah. who is that? Is that, like, Sergio Leone who did that original? Sure. Sure. Yeah. He's, like, the only composer yeah, that's, that, anyways, that's ever. the dude
0: who does that sort of thing. Yeah,
1: so enjoy um, th- that theme, which I'm sure is playing in the background yeah. right now. <laughs> um, before we go crazy and get started, um, is there anything you want to talk about in terms of things that you're either watching or things that you feel like you should be watching that everyone else is watching that's making you feel insane?
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, that has been Game of Thrones for the last five years for me, but right. now, I've been watching it. So. Now that it's
1: reaching, like, a fever pitch, I'm sure it's becoming harder to ignore, you know? No, I mean,
0: so, everyone seems to think that I just... I didn't give Game of Thrones a chance, which is the only way that I could possibly not like it. Mm-hmm. But contrary to popular belief, I watched the first two seasons as they aired, trying to like it. Hmm. Like, I was that committed. So that's 16 hours of my life that I gave towards it. Wow. And Kat watches it and continued to watch it, so sporadically I saw it throughout time. So
1: like, you got to the point where Ned Stark gets executed and you're like... That's the end of the first season. Uh,
0: so, I was on board for the first season, honestly. I don't really
1: need to know what's going to happen after this. <laughs> so,
0: a recurring theme will be that I don't like fantasy, well, and once I just, do why, but I mean, Game of Thrones
1: is fantasy for people who do not like fantasy. Yeah,
0: so once they revealed that... Once it became apparent that it was about zombies and dragons, I was out.
1: Hmm. I
0: checked out immediately. As soon as the White Walker concept got introduced, I was immediately right. not on board.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've I've dropped out of shows solely over the fact that I don't like the central conceit or I'm sick of it or something like that. But most of those shows turn out bad. Like, I didn't watch a lot of The Walking Dead because I don't like zombie stuff because I think it's done to death. And it seems to me that that show has turned out to be like a flaming fucking garbage right. pile. So I, I'm glad that I did not waste however many years on that. I think Game of Thrones has been a little more rewarding even though it's kind of like falling apart at the seams right yeah, now. There's In also
0: like, there's like a spite aspect to it where... Just the way that people, the contempt people would treat me with for not watching right. it and not liking it, just like, I was like, well, now if I'm definitely not going to watch it, go fuck yourself.
1: It's like being the new atheist. If you don't watch Game yeah. of
0: Thrones, like, you don't believe in it. Right. God. And it's like, everyone has to post these memes about like, oh, here come all the
1: people who are oh, going to yeah. complain about never watching Game of it's Thrones. Not it's not enough like, to just love Game of Thrones. You yeah. have to also yep. trash people who don't love it and make right. sure that they don't have any, yeah. like, good footing when it comes to fighting you yeah. about it.
0: And it's like, you know, I've sporadically watched a bunch of episodes. I know what's going on. I know the basic plot. I even started reading one of the books. Oh, God. Um, I read a lot. It's fine. That's fine. Um, and Brag. Yeah, humble brag. Sorry, go ahead. Hashtag Kindle life. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's just, like, I, I can acknowledge that it's a good show, I guess. Like, I, I see why, if you're into that sort of thing, you would like it. I don't have, like, a, a strong opinion where, like, People will be so fucking contemptful. Well, the contemptful. Well, they'll be like, fucking the Thrones! That trash! That trash garbage!" I'm just like, I mean, I no, think most just, of the people who not... are
1: saying that currently are fans of Game of Thrones. But I hear what you're saying.
0: Seems <laughs> like everyone's sucking the show's dick these days. From what I see uh, on my, my except Facebook? for you and your immediate circle. No, there's... I mean I'm good.
1: I've been enjoying the season to m- most of the degree. That's but, the sound um, of a juice box. But uh, yeah, uh, production value. We have uh, juicy juice catering. Uh, (laughs) To our left, we have a full craft service table, uh, sponsored by Juicy Juice. Yeah, we're in the studio. Uh, Yeah, we're in the studio. Um, We're not on a broken down desk that I found in the trash (laughs) at at a work site uh, at my construction yard. We are actually in the studio, um, sponsored by Juicy Juice, and they also enjoy Game of Thrones, so we can't trash it too hard. We are
0: drinking Juicy Juice and scotch. Yeah, we're... Yeah. (laughs) So... (laughs) That, that so mix welcome of, to the party, bitches. That mix
1: of maturity and immaturity is actually our flagship uh, drink. So, What I want to be watching is Barry, that Bill Hader show. I did a couple episodes of Barry. I, I, I like it. I could see it being something that I would enjoy if I had like endless free time to watch right, all the shows right, that right. I want to watch. Barry would 100% be in there. I guess that's a good segue into things that I should be watching because Barry is definitely one of them. I hear nothing but good stuff about Barry. I have not show really do- killing it. Lately.
0: Yeah, they have good stuff on. Have you seen um uh oh no. I should probably know the name of the show that I've spent like 14 hours invested into. It really had an effect. I'm, on. I'm dying up here. Have you watched that?
1: Oh, I thought you were saying you're dying up no, here. No, no, the like, show I'm dying, you're currently up here. dying up here. Uh what was that again? That was It's, it's uh, like a Jim Carrey produced um, oh, right. not uh not the not the Jim
0: Carrey show that's the Michelle on. Gondry one? No, so no. That, that's uh, a happy, happy Time. Happiness. Happy Happy Land. Happy, yeah. Time. Yeah. Show happy time. That show is amazing, unbelievable. The Happy Time the, Murders. Yeah, sure. I don't know. It's so good that I can't remember the name. Um, this show is <laughs> about the comedy <laughs> store in like the seventies, like the comedy. Oh, okay, thing. cool. Um,
1: but it's like super dark and fucked up. It's awesome. Um, I've been watching like uh, the comedian Chris Lilly has okay. yeah. a show on Netflix now called Lunatics. Uh, he's like a sketch yeah, for, for yeah, anybody who yeah, doesn't yeah, know it, out there. I actually just caught wind of this guy. Uh, the Flight of the
0: Concords guy? or No.
1: no uh, this guy, well, this guy is like Australian or something to that effect. But he I does, just assumed he was the Flight of the Concorde. He did the show, um, uh, Jonah from Tonga, and okay. um, a couple other shows. Something, was it. Um, Something anyway, this is a right podcast where me and Dan basically can't remember <laughs> yeah. can't remember the names of shows that we're trying to <laughs> recommend to each other. But anyway, Lunatics, great sketch comedy show uh, on Netflix, really, like, heartfelt, uh, really good characters. Like, I like uh, when sketch comedy can kind of, like, reach beyond just being, you know, stupid or baseless or just, like, immature comedy. And this was one of those, kind of like, kind of like okay. Sasha Baron Cohen that gets, like, a little emotional and has, like, good codas to each episode and... Lessons being learned.
0: Speaking of uh, sketch comedy, did you watch uh, I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson on Netflix?
1: Uh, no, that's another one that uh, I wanted to try to get to. Don't. So Don't? Now, here's where... I really liked here's... his uh, episode of that sketch comedy show that they had on Netflix where they did like different comedians. Right. He had one of the best skits. This
0: show is the yoga hosers of sketch comedy shows. Oh, boy. Dude, Neef and I, I gave it two episodes, and I was like... I I was I was, like, I was like offended by how <laughs> fucking shitty that show is, dude. So anyone who likes it, I'm going to give you. it a shot because
1: I do love bad uh, sketch comedy and I feel like sometimes sketch comedy you can watch the first episode or two of and it comes off really stupid, every, but it's kind of what they do with it that might make it better, but every know. bit is about poop, every single mm.
0: one. It's nuts. It's deep. It's out of control. Hmm
1: Poop poop cast. Yeah, I'm going to give that
0: 0 out of 10 Golden Guns.
1: Yeah, (laughs) 0 out of 10 Golden Guns. I wanted to uh,
0: propose that we strictly rate things on a scale of Golden Guns.
1: Uh, I'll take that into strong consideration right. Let's do it this episode and see how we feel yeah, about it yeah. um, Alright, so that's going to lead us into our first segment um, Which is a new segment for us If you're getting like bored to death of the one movie That we absolutely hate thing Don't worry, we're going to do that this episode <laughs> But we'll give you something a little lighter A little breezier first We're going to do something um, that uh, I like to call Recommendation showdown Where we basically pew, 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 Where we both show up And this is where we're going to have the Wild West music Insert Wild West music Play. Um, and it's going to be basically uh, a segment where I bring a movie to Dan. Dan brings a movie to Dan. Both Dans have a movie that the other Dan has not seen. This has nothing to do with Dans have never seen. <laughs> if, if you're wondering, technically, if this because it's movies we haven't seen and Dans have never seen it. This is not that. This is a hundred percent different. I workshopped this for at least ten minutes. Um, so uh, this week <laughs> this week I gave Dan a movie. That movie was um ravenous, and Dan gave me a movie, and that movie was going the distance. Should we
0: mention that this was all revealed after the ending credits last yes, week? If, if you if wanna if, if you wanna really get features? deep
1: into the movie blues mythology, yeah, you're gonna, gonna wanna head back. Those. Yeah. So we did last week we did uh, kind of like the Marvel movies, We do the end credits sting where we have like an extra scene yeah. that and, and sets it was, up it
0: was one of the better scenes I felt yeah it
1: sets up our extended universe yeah. of uh, Dan movies that we've yeah. been watching um, deep cuts for the, for the fam deep Dan yeah. cuts maybe every week we'll try to stumble over what we're doing the week after post theme song as a bonus but we'll see how fed yeah. up uh, yeah. with each other we are today by the end of it yeah. Um, so yeah this is um, recommendation showdown this week I gave Dan the movie uh, Ravenous he gave me Going the Distance and what we're going to do right off the bat is give our ratings now Dan and I had made sure not to talk at all, other than like some very kind of like offhand comments about how we felt about the other's movie. I know last week I definitely went berserk uh, <laughs> overseeing the movie going the distance as my choice because I was wildly offended. I did not want to watch a Justin Long romantic comedy. Uh, I think I'd rather die than do that. Maybe I changed Look my at mind. This cast. Maybe I did. This
0: cast you got Charlie Day. You got. Uh uh, the, the nice woman from Christine Married No Children. Applegate. Yeah, Applegate. yeah, she, Christine Applegate. She's
1: like one of my all time faves. Yeah, let so
0: see. What else could you want? You got the, the, uh, the, that's the, a good question. The Dake. You got the Dake. <laughs> Sudeikis.
1: So, what we're going to try to do here is lead up with our ratings uh, of the two films. And then by the end, what we're going to try to do is draw some comparisons between these two <laughs> movies. And the fun thing here is that um, on the recommendation showdown, we're not, it doesn't matter what we pick, we're going to find. Threads between these two movies because I can speak only for myself here. But when I was in college, I uh, you could give me like a book and be like, Write a book report on this. And yeah. one day later, without ever having opened the book, I'm good to go. I can make parallels. I'm okay. like, I'm dropping all these theories, and like, I look smarter than everyone around me. And then, but it ends up my future is not very bright because my undergrad degree just didn't turn out so good. And like, a lot of things emotionally happening. Yeah, again. like Mine's really in English. Anyway, um, so what we're going to do is start with ratings and... Can you not um, major
0: in podcasting?
1: Is it obvious? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's start... Mm, who should we start with? Should we do... Should, let's do maybe like a rock, paper, scissors shoot? Is that appropriate? It's a very visual gag.
0: Yeah. Um, should we just like count down and then just both say the number at the same time? Uh,
1: I feel like I've been just talking a lot. So maybe we can we can start with you okay. and the movie Ravenous. So for anyone who doesn't know um, the movie Ravenous... 1999, 99. same year as like The Matrix and like huge movies that absolutely destroyed it. It is a horror movie with Guy Pearce um, that I grew up absolutely. I guess we'll talk about you know how how we got to the point where we're recommending Guy Pearce. Although you did tell your whole story about this, but yeah. Guy well, Pearce,
0: who you would know from Memento fame, yes, with Carrie is, Ann Moss, also of The Matrix fame.
1: Carrie Ann Moss wasn't in this movie. No, but
0: she's in the Memento. True. Yeah, she's hot.
1: Yeah. And she was in Mission to Mars. That was the only other movie she did. No, uh, Red Planet. I was thinking Red Planet. And she had, like, really good, like, um, cold nipples in that movie (laughs) during one scene. And had, like, like a shower scene with, like... Batman-esque nipples. That movie, Red Planet, introduced me to Side Boob. didn't Because I'd only ever seen, you know, like, from Playboys that I'd stolen from my dad or whatever, long story short. um, (laughs) I'd only ever seen boobs like, really straight on, like, you know, two headlights. Yeah. And in that movie... There's like a whole. It was like a whole country on the side of her tit that I like. I'd never seen. I was like, "Is that human flesh? Like, how does that work?" Now, like I, looking back on, it, I have it on Blu-ray. Looking back on it, it's like a very nice breast. Yeah. But like when you first see that side boob and like the line that divides, it was like it was harrowing. I mean, I, I was like, "Is Carrie Ann Moss not a woman?" I was also
0: thinking that we could have like a little little uh, like ticker. Every time you say the word harrowing.
1: Oh, okay. So we're starting to catch up on things that I'm going to say over and over again. Now I have to strike harrowing from my dictionary. It's one of my favorite words. Yeah. Though. We'll Har- see what we can do. Harrowing kiss. Okay, so Dan, what is your rating uh, for this movie that I forced you to watch, Ravenous? Um, out of 10 Golden Guns. let
0: t- <laughs> one to 10 Golden Guns. Um, I'm going to give this five and a half Golden Guns. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I know. I know. Ugh. I tried all week that not to really, tell you about this. Really movie. hurt my feelings. Yeah. So we okay. should we should start by the fact that I hate westerns. Okay. I mean that's a huge problem. And I, I hate for zombie song. movies.
1: Someone say this is a zombie yeah, movie. Yeah. So
0: you gave me a cannibal western mm-hmm. starring Guy Pearce, who I can't stand. One of my favorite actors of all. Time. Starring that pedophile Jeffrey Jones. He's fantastic in this. Yeah, he's actually quite good in it. <laughs> and then it, um, you know, the thing was that I hated hated the first act, but oh loved, loved the third act. So I, I was just sitting there waiting and waiting, and the pacing is so fucking weird. Okay. The, and, like, the exposition he, is just here's the so thing, Here's the
1: thing about the, the pacing with Ravenous is that most, and this is one of the things I love about the movie, is that most Westerns, even the most compelling Westerns, with the biggest confrontations, with the biggest stakes, I find to be dreadfully slow. There are movies that I love that are Westerns that I can't really re- rewatch because I find them so slow. Right. This movie, and I rewatched it the other night, has a very quick pace. And I don't know if that's because they fired the director two weeks in and then re- you know, had to bring someone else in right off the bat. And that probably affected things in editing. And the pace is strange at times. But it really rolls from one surprise to another. I really kind of thought that, especially having seen it a few times, I was going to be checking my watch more. But uh, I love I love the piece. Should I start with what I loved about it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, let's try to say some positive stuff about it. What I absolutely adored was the score. Okay, great. So th- that is good because the score, to me, is one of the absolute best parts. It was incredible. Um, the fascinating thing about the score is that... It was like uh,
0: prototype Stranger Things almost at times. First time, of all, it was
1: conducted by Damon Albarn. Really? From the Gorillas. Yeah. Um, he was one of the main contributors in the music. He, and, he
0: was also from Blur. Is and from true? Blur.
1: He's the yeah. lead singer of Blur. Um, <laughs> what does Blur sing? Woohoo! Woohoo! Yeah. Gotta be the better. I oh, can play that in the background. And I am not amazing the main thing. Yeah. Oh, woo-hoo. that's it. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah. Ever know what I mean? Yeah.
0: I'm feeling the lip curl you just uh, I know, yeah.
1: Another visual gag you guys will never appreciate was my lip curl there. Um. So, uh, in making this movie, uh, when they were doing the score, they gave instruments from the time period to artists that had never played them before. And they recorded the score with experienced musicians playing instruments that they had never played that were from the 1800s, essentially. Um, There is this really folkish, sing-song, unsettling nature to all the music. Um, I think that... What they did there was a stroke of genius. It's also not for everyone. I, I think there are probably a lot of people that saw the movie and hated the music. Um, I, I think it's incredible. I think it's one of the, the greatest horror scores. Yeah. Um, it's very memorable. I love it's the use very, of, like, melodica. It has a lot of momentum and is very unsettling. And there are moments where it's, like, you would expect there to just be ambient
0: noise, and instead you have this, like, like baroque. Yeah, it is Baroque. Like, bouncy. Very abstract. You know yeah, it is out there. It's folkish. It's awesome. And if
1: you think about it, it's, pr- it's just so fitting yeah. for the movie. Because the movie is this tonally mismatched kind of insane western that is about cannibalism and about all these crazy ideas, but also has a really sick sense of humor to it. I think that it's very easy for a person to watch Ravenous and not laugh at all, not right. think that it's Maybe. funny, and not get that it's a comedy. Yeah. And that a lot of elements of it are a comedy. Um, it's a very dark comedy. It's not like it's like a slapstick or anything yeah. like that. But there is a sense of humor to it that reminds me a little bit of like American Psycho, where they're loading yeah, yeah, all this yeah. violence into your eyes, yeah. and critics in the 90s probably couldn't handle that. And they were like, this movie is disgusting. We don't get it. And at the same time, you have a movie that really was doing... Things that you know beyond the violence that I I thought were very interesting and have always stuck with me.
0: I um I always try to think of movies in terms of would like would I watch it again? Yeah. And I I got to the end of Ravenous and I was like you know I really enjoyed the tonal shift that it made. Right. Um, I'm a big fan of when movies do do that like sudden tonal shift. Like my favorite example is like the movie Super. You seen that? I hate that movie.
1: You hate Super? It is... Fuck you. It, the tonal shift in that, I think, does not work. I the love The violence that in that movie made me sick to my stomach. Yeah, oh yeah, I love it. Like, when he hits...
0: Hit right in the head with the hammer? With the hammer, oh, I turn the movie off. And really? I was like, this is not for me. Oh man, I love it. And see, I, whatever that I, director went on and did after that, that was also awful. Alright, so here, here's our disconnect. That's the tonal shift yeah, that I You like. and I
1: are not agreeing on what is a good tone for something like right. this. Um, Whereas this, I feel that if you're going to do the tonal shift thing, it needs to be
0: very in-your-face, blatant, and like cognizant of the fact that it did a tonal shift. Whereas this movie, it's uh, it. I felt I could... F- like When I looked, did the research after and saw that they changed directors midway through shooting, I was like, I see that. You can feel like there's a lot of different hands in the pie here.
1: I never felt that. I always felt that it was a singular interesting take on not only... You'll never find... No. You'll never find a cannibal movie like Ravenous. You'll never find a horror movie like Ravenous. It's just very unique. Okay? And I feel like I live in a world where a lot of things that I watch and enjoy are not unique. Like, I just saw Avengers Endgame, and I loved it, and it was an amazing... It was an amazing experience. But at the same time, a movie like Ravenous that costs 1 180th of that makes me feel things whether it's discomfort or something like that that mainstream movies don't i'll
0: say the the performances are really good it turned around my opinion on guy pierce who previously i felt couldn't act his way out of a paper bag
1: so i think i think he's incredible but let's get over the fact that he is good or bad and find one thing interesting which is 25 minutes into this movie where guy pierce is in every single scene he has not uttered a single full sentence Until post twenty five minutes. I love that. I think that he's very emotive, his very stone cold face. And what I think that Guy Pierce brings out in this role that he's never brought out in any other role that he's done is shame. He always plays very strong or conflicted characters, but are confident and know what they're doing. Like this movie
0: sexy blonde man he is.
1: Exactly. Yeah. This movie uh, and like in his his biggest roles like Iron Man three and stuff like that they play him off as like a playboy billionaire and like he's a he's a charismatic guy from like, he's always like playing a rich eccentric billionaire some kind I was of I'm
0: gonna say does he still make movies I have no idea sometimes he's like the he, last thing he's lesser. Is the time machine yeah
1: they put it that was like where they things failed for him because he tried to be the lead actor of that that was his flagship action movie and that failed um, long story short though is that I don't want to talk about Guy Pierce I want to talk <laughs> about what is. To me, one of the great horror menaces, one of the great enemies to ever be put on screen, which is Robert Carlyle. Yeah. um, Who is in train spotting, and 28 weeks later, months later, what's the sequel called? I don't remember. He's a character. Sky Robert Carlyle is a character actor. uh,
0: From the show Once Upon a
1: Time. Hmm. Yeah, he is in Once Upon a Time. Yeah, he's a a character actor. He's almost always uh, a side character. In this film, they let him kind of run to the anarchic place that, like, like the Joker almost gets yeah, to. Yeah. He's let to go completely insane in this movie. Um, by the end, it kind of reminds me of Event Horizon when Sam Neill is, like, covered in blood, like, with his eyes ripped out at the end. Where at the end of this movie, Robert Carlyle's insanity is, like, so palpable. I think that performance is... I, do I don't that? know how you could rate a movie... A five that has a performance I said a as 5. strong 5. as strong as this. I,
0: I teetered a lot when I was trying to rate it. I like I literally was backspacing. Like I, my first thing was a seven. Then I went. I would I, I, I would really never watch this movie game. again. And I went down I've seen it twenty or thirty times. It comes down to just that first act. I hate. I hate it goes by the so it. fast though. That Listen, in I twenty was minutes
1: there, they have already found Robert Carlyle I and they find s- out that he's a cannibal.
0: I was sitting there being like, "This is a fucking chore." Like
1: What? Yeah. I challenge you to watch an, a real Western and not think that it's a short. I, I, I do feel
0: that way about all Westerns. Yeah,
1: I mean, this is like one of the most fast-paced... I think paced. off the
0: top of my head of two Westerns that I like.
1: So I guess just tough crowd for you yeah. for this one. Yeah, no, it
0: was definitely an uphill battle. I mean,
1: I would say to anybody listening, if you are a fan of horror, if you're a fan of black comedy... It, this is a absolute must. I, mean, and, uh, I, I can't recommend this movie high enough. I, I
0: really, really loved all the performances, and I loved the score. I just felt the way
1: the way that it was cut was weird. I just like I didn't like the movie aesthetically. What did you think when Robert Carlyle halfway through the movie? And I don't want to go too deep into the plot, but there's basically a reveal and a bait and switch where you think that Robert Carlyle is kind of one character. And then you're introduced to him as a different character. Um, uh, to me, that was one of the great twists from any movie I'd seen at that time. When he comes back as yeah. Colonel Ives. So I literally said it out loud. That is an unreal moment.
0: Out loud when they said that Colonel Ives was coming. I was like, oh, it's going to be him. Jesus I said Christ. it out loud. Like, oh, like, I was like, you can't have a moment where it seems like you're done with the villain 20 minutes into the movie.
1: And, you know, and this just goes to the showdown, baby. Showdown, Baby, yeah, baby. I went into going the distance, a Drew Barrymore Justin Long comedy. I would say with more aversions than you went into Ravenous, and I was ready to give you a more beneficial, higher level rating of that movie. But I feel a little scorned right now. See, that's and I what think I, I may need about. to be a little more honest. I, about I was worried going about that because
0: I was like, if I'm, I was like, am I going to be honest about this, and then he's going to spitefully claim pretend to not like going the distance? Uh,
1: I don't need to spitefully pretend. It's we'll get there. All right. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm very shocked that you didn't like this movie. I thought that you... I didn't love the... That I, I didn't maybe you love the were into, either. like... Do you not like, um, like, period historical stuff at all? Or not, not really. I I've pictured you as the kind of fucking dude that sits around and watches the History Channel. And, like, makes, their, makes their girlfriend watch it. I watched the... She H- resents him No, I, deeply for
0: it. I watch a lot of, like, history documentaries. But, like, for instance, like, I... I really don't like the movie Braveheart. Like... So, like, Mm. period pieces, like, Dances with Wolves. Guys, this
1: is one of those times that I really want to let you know that I'm Dan Lyons. (laughs) Yeah. Okay? Daniel Scott Lyons on Facebook. This is Dan (laughs) Endon. Yeah. Okay? Daniel Scott Endon on Facebook. This is Daniel Scott Endon on Facebook. And when the comments come in and people are rioting over you, not liking Ravenous, a movie that failed at the box office, (laughs) was critically panned that almost nobody knows about or likes, um, I think you may need to change your mind.
0: This was supposed to be the uh, the Hot Takes podcast.
1: I think you can actually give this. I think you, a 5.5. To me, I'm going to speak for my own personal preference. For me to give a movie a 5.5, I really have to hate it. It has to do things that I think are flat out wrong. I mean,
0: anything above a 5 is a positive review. 5 is the middle.
1: A D is not positive as much as it is like there's potential.
0: Okay, I feel
1: that. Like, I wouldn't give The Last Jedi an F. I would give it a D minus because, like, there were pieces of it that could have made sense, but they never did. Whereas I don't think you could say that Ravenous doesn't have 60% pieces that work over 40% that doesn't to give it a five. five. But it's Th- your that's rating. That's exactly what I would say. It's your rating on Golden Guns. You have to spend the money. It's a million dollars a bullet. So yeah. five and a half Golden Guns for Ravenous. I
0: have, I'm going to stick with five and a half Golden Guns.
1: Okay. All right. I'm going to um, now go on to the know you are gonna. I know you're going to you know switch watch. from the
0: 10 that you actually felt.
1: Yeah, originally I had a 12 out of 10 for this movie. Um, and then I realized that that is uh, physically impossible. So I had to rate that back down to a 10 out of 10. But um, So uh, the movie Dan gave me is Going the Distance, starring Drew Barrymore and Justin Long. It's a delightful rom-com. It's a delightful rom-com. I do not like rom- romantic comedies. I absolutely hate Justin Long. <laughs> I hate Drew Barrymore. I don't think I've liked her in anything uh, in 20 years. I like Charlie Day... But I think that they use him as the same character from It's Always Sunny. They don't know what to do with him in anything. Um, and Jason Sudeikis. What she, about that
0: robot movie, then?
1: Pacific Rim. Well, I love that movie, but that has a that's like different because if you put anything with a fifty foot tall robot, yeah. a fifty story tall robot, like butt fucking a, a giant crocodile and then a fucking jerk off too.
0: It. It's funny what you said a few minutes ago because I was I was thinking the other day that if we ever did a live pod to a movie, we should do Event Horizon. That's dark.
1: I know you're a dark guy. Yeah. Not dark enough for ravenous, but...
0: No, that's what happens when you come from Holocaust survivors.
1: <sighs> I'm going to edit that out. And by edit that out, I mean turn it way up in post. So everybody can hear <laughs> yeah, the pain it, that it, rang out from that yeah. one. Yeah,
0: put it over a sick um, beat.
1: All right, anyway, never forget. All right, my turn. Um, going the distance... With Drew Barrymore and and Justin Long. Um, This is different than a cannibal uh, Holocaust type movie that I gave you, Dan. You decided to give me something a little light, which I can't complain about. I do like uh, a light thing now and then. Um, I figured in the
0: future I'm bound to be giving all the darkest, most fucked up movies, so I was going to start with my. And we were talking about Tusk, it seemed like a a reasonable transition.
1: Okay, so going the distance. as a movie, as a, as a film, as a film in film history, trash. It's garbage. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely terrible. Like, there's no, there's nothing redeeming about it. There's nothing unique about it. There's nothing that I would remember or have stick with me. As a piece of film history, I would give this movie a two and a half. As a romantic comedy, I would give this movie probably an eight. Nice. Maybe a seven and a half. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, Did
0: you laugh out loud at any point? Not a
1: single time. Really? Not even, I, 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 I didn't even smile. Said. <laughs> but but to, but to me, that, that wasn't expected, okay? I'll tell you when I did smile. I smiled when I realized that this wasn't going to be the torturous hell that I imagined. I okay. was like, a couple lines into the movie. See, here's here's the deal with romantic comedies, right? right. Half, it's half and half. 50% of romantic comedies take place in a world that does not exist. Yeah. Straight up. Doesn't matter if they put it in New York. Doesn't matter if they put it in Little Italy in Canada. It's always a glossed over, completely bullshit view of love relationship blah blah, blah to, to to no end um this movie you could tell in the first scene that it was written by somebody who is a little more prescient and a little more above the tropes that he knew yeah. that he was playing it yeah. and and the characters speak with um real kind of affect to the jokes that they make to each other to the relationships they have I didn't uh, look at any of these people and say that is not a human being that could exist. Whereas, like, I want to say that there are some, like, Jason Siegel movies. Like, I saw a movie with Jason Siegel and Emily Blunt. I can't remember what it was. It was a romantic comedy that everybody was into. It was about, like, them dating over the course of a year or two and getting married and getting divorced. Uh, a five-year engagement. Absolutely hated That movie was it. Hated long. It because it was not only long, long and movie. terrible, but it also just was, like, full of people and, like... When people do cutesy things for each other in movies, it just gets to a point where it's like, I know what a real relationship is, and this isn't it. Right. And like, I, I I just don't buy it. And this movie, I bought. I bought not so much Justin Long, who I think is a complete just a blank slate of a human being. <laughs> he's got no He has He's not good looking. He's not funny. Oh, he's not. You ever see him he, in, he doesn't seem smart. Do you ever see those
0: really sick Apple commercials?
1: Yeah, shout out Apple. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have tried Apple's products, we're yeah. using one right now. Yeah. Hopefully, it's still running. Yeah, um, they're they're kind of getting off the ground. Justin Long, I found to be a uh, a charismatic, depleted loser in this movie, as he is in every movie he's in. <laughs> uh, he has the charm of a fucking dead skunk. I just don't like him, and I think he's I think his career is over at this point in terms of him being a leading man. I would say this movie probably put him in the grave, but I like this movie. I thought it was funny. And here's the biggest shock of all. I really, I don't know what's more shocking, that I found Drew Barrymore funny or attractive yeah, in this movie. Yeah, because she's hot in this movie. Yeah, they got her in the right eye shadow. She's like got a smoky kind of thin yeah. look. It's like she's like enough years away from cocaine that her right. body is normalized in its shape. She says penis at one point. Yeah, there's like some sex talk that I like rewound and <laughs> rewound and rewound <laughs> and rewound. <laughs> Um, thankfully you gave this to me on DVD, so I had my, uh, rewind function fully ready to go burning in my hand. She was good looking in this, she was funny, she was charismatic, um, uh, i tell you what I did, did not like about this movie, besides mostly all of it, Jason was- Jason Sudeikis' mustache. Jason Sudeikis's mustache is very upsetting, it makes me sick to look at, and I know they make a joke out of it in the movie, so it's really not a, a criticism, because they do a whole bit around the mustache, but, uh- As I was watching this movie, I was like, I've fucking seen this movie. And I know when you gave me this movie, which is on record on the pod, that I said, I think I've seen this. The reason I think that I have seen this movie is that there is another romantic comedy starring some fucking loser in Justin Long's place. And Charlie Day and Jason Sudeikis are the two roommates that live together that give him advice. (laughs) <laughs> and they are the exact. One movie, even it. on the their IMDb. I don't know if oh, horrible bosses. Oh, I was
0: about to say was it horrible bosses? In horrible
1: bosses, they're the same exact. Horrible
0: character. bosses, different is, movie. Is, not a romantic comedy. Yeah, not just a romantic. just just a bad. Horrible comedy. bosses is funny. I guess so. Did you see the second one?
1: No, thank it's, God. It's no. pretty funny. Yeah, I don't even think the first one was. So I doubt the second Isn't one. Isn't
0: that the one with Motherfucker Jones? <laughs> I don't, Jamie Fox. Yeah,
1: yeah I think that's funny. It's a funny. I think movie. I went, eh. <laughs> which is more than I did in this movie. But I, I found this. J- I love Jason. I found Damon. this
0: movie very. That's a dude who plays the same person every time, and I love it. I found I this I movie very it.
1: honest. I found it uh, a, a solid look at what a long distance relationship is like. At points in the movie, I was like, "Ugh, I don't want to watch this," but it wasn't because it sucked. It was because. I've been in that position where you've been in a long-distance right. relationship, and it fucking sucks. And they do a good job at kind of exploring that in this movie to some degree. Um, it has some good jokes in it. it. has some good gags in it. Jim Gaffigan's in it. He's funny. Jim Gaffigan is underused in it. I watched the deleted scenes. Did you watch the deleted scenes? No. Well, you know, you're welcome. All right. <laughs> I watched the deleted scenes, um, one of which was with Chris Pratt. Really? And it was a whole scene with Chris Pratt on an airplane – uh being really funny uh talking to justin long cracking all these great jokes they cut it from the movie they thought at that time hmm who's going to be the megastar of this of this generation justin (laughs) long or chris pratt and they put all their money on long and let me tell you they were right because he's a charmer okay (laughs) justin long i mean he could sell me a computer any day um it was funny, it was sexy and seriously funny, uh, as Jeff Craig from the 60 Second Preview said, which, <laughs> by the way, by the way, it's the only quote on this box is, seriously and sexy funny from Jeff Craig's 60 right. Second Preview? What kind of reputable and- movie critics? I'd rather see the Movie Blues podcast on I that. I was about
0: and- to say, I was like, I'm really hoping that at some point through this podcast we get to talk to or meet, like, a local filmmaker and we can have, like our podcast cited as um, the -hmm. little blurb on the back of a DVD or Blu-ray. Well, I mean, I think that... um, If anyone's making a movie, we would like to pitch our willingness to whore out some words. It's really not that
1: hard. I mean, I'm sure Justin Long is, like, living in a box somewhere in New York City, so... Justin
0: Long is living off that sweet, sweet accepted money.
1: That sweet, sweet post-cancer Mac money, baby.
0: Post-cancer? Did he have cancer? No, it's Steve Jobs' joke. Oh. Oh, like Bad here. Steve Jobs joke yeah. baby Oh that's like when they made like seven Steve Jobs m- Movies in like one year right
1: They should have made one with Justin Long What were they thinking They okay, made like, one with Ashton Kutcher But they didn't make one with Justin Long Ashton he- Kutcher is like uh, who Justin Long thinks he is
0: I don't think Justin Long never plays it like he's
1: sexy though he plays every movie like he's Justin Long. I mean, he's, yeah. he's not sexy at all, so how could he play sexy? He's four feet tall. So. <laughs> I don't, they probably had to put Drew Barrymore... Re- I want to reinforce that
0: he's the funniest part of Zack and Mary make a porno. They had to
1: put Drew Barrymore on a stack of 50 Playboys just to reach Justin Long face-to-face to Th- kiss him. That
0: would mean that he's tall. Oh, yeah. Ugh.
1: This is why I can't do podcasts drunk off one drink. <laughs> Is this kind of factual clerical error. Anyway, I enjoyed this movie. I guess more than you did Ravenous. But, you know, with a, I think that with, like, a serious movie, there's going to be more stakes. Whereas I went into right. this being like, this is going to be fucking retarded. And I was right. I, I'm going to say good.
0: that Ravenous is, like, the things I didn't like about it are things that only, like, the type of person who would sit watching director's commentaries wouldn't like. like I guess... For, like, the non-douchey, pretentious viewer, I could see...
1: I guess maybe what you Nothing. have to try to do now that we're doing this twisted experiment to ourselves is just let go of your um, predispositions yeah. toward things. Because I had is more predispositions towards going the distance than anybody could have towards anything. Right. But um, I, would rather, I was quite
0: confident you would find it delightful.
1: I would rather spend a week in the Holocaust Museum than watching a romantic comedy starring Justin Long, but now that I've seen it, I think maybe that's Trains switched are around. Funny. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> All right, people. That was... Let us know on Facebook if that joke landed. Yeah, that was uh, the recommendation showdown, uh, Pew Pew, etc. Yeah, so
0: who won? Did I win?
1: Oh, yeah, we were going to do... Okay, first we're (laughs) going to do what do these movies have in common. I'm going to lead off with this one. Um, I think that both Going the Distance and Ravenous are... Uh, sad, dark, romantic comedies. Um, to me, *Ravenous* is like extremely homoerotic. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, it ends with two men which lying is together in a bear trap. Yeah, I mean, I think it was very much about the exertion of male power over another male, a human over another human. There are themes we could go into, but at the end of the day. Um, it was pretty gay, and um, <laughs> it's about consuming um, other men's meat. And I'd say since uh, Drew Barrymore and Justin Long both look like post-op trannies, that um, <laughs> wow. this is also a homoerotic a dark two. comedy. Um, I think they're both uh, comedies about unlikely love yeah. uh, that can foster in the weirdest of places.
0: Yeah, and I really appreciate how few people of color in either. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Dan's appreciation is that there were no people of color. There weren't. These were the two whitest movies you could really watch.
0: (laughs) The only only ones in uh, Ravenous were that one Latina woman who... Like disappears for a while Okay she was Native American Na- Sorry Well no That actress was clearly Not Native American That okay. was a Latino woman No,
1: a- no actors ever clearly Native American <laughs> It's always a Latino We all know that And
0: all she did Was tell some fucking Like mythical Native American myth
1: The Wind Eagle
0: Yeah it's The most fucking Offensive shit ever That's and, a, that's a real myth dude. Yeah Is but that that that's, that's her Only that. role in the movie They have to have this Like it's like The same as like they Who have, was gonna like, tell the, the story spirit? David
1: Arquette on Opium
0: Oh yo David Arquette oh, We didn't get to David Arquette Because was, you said
1: You are gonna hate David Arquette in this movie And love. Yeah. Fucking it was, amazing. Yeah, it was
0: awesome.
1: Imagine if you and were David. Why is he Ar- in this movie? Come imagine, on. Just imagine if you were David Arquette in the 1990s and some guy came to you and said. You just got off the hype of Ready to Rumble. Some guy came to you and said, listen, we know that you are the lowest actor on the totem pole on earth, but. David we, Arquette was hot shit in the No, he wasn't. We Scream? want you to. No. We want you to do something. <laughs> no, I mean, everyone was like, what is he doing in this Even with screen. Um. Uh. <laughs> Imagine a director comes to you and says, I want you in our serious uh, period piece. It's going to be a cannibal film from the 1800s. And you go, oh my God, this is really going to turn my career around. I thought I thought Ready to Rumble would do it. What's the setup here, boss? And he goes, okay, so you are high on opium. Yeah, the
0: entire time. The
1: entire movie. Imagine as, as much weed as um, Frodo and Gandalf smoke um, in the Shire in the beginning of Fellowship times a thousand. I've never
0: <laughs> seen of the Rings.
1: Every scene uh, that he's in, he's absolutely on drugs out of his mind, um, and giggling, and like, yeah. my the favorite My favorite part is... Uh, Did they in, smoke weed in Lord of the Rings? In is the, that a thing? Oh, tons. Cool, cool. I think that deafening silence after I said it was obviously you not knowing that, but they smoke tons of weed. weed That's all so, they do. Weed is so tight. Weed is awesome. Um, uh, what were we saying? Um, David Arquette. David Arquette was in the Lord of the Rings. is so goddamn stoned in this movie, and... In the first scene, he's stoned out of his mind, and one of these serious generals walk in the room, and, and he goes, so what did you gentlemen do today? And David Arquette just goes, <laughs> <laughs> like, loses his mind yeah. every time he's spoken to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let's, the takeaway here, I would say is- I would give David
0: Arquette eight golden guns. Good.
1: Let's leave it at that. That was very positive. All right. Okay, guys, we're going to move on to uh, our final segment of the day, which is Dan's Have Never Seen. And uh, we got a real whopper of a film today. That Are they going
0: to be listening to the trailer right now? Is that what you were saying? Yes,
1: uh, we're going to lead off with the trailer. And uh, this is a trailer for the movie Book of Henry.
2: Our legacy isn't how many commas we have in our make account. It's who we're lucky enough to have in our lives and what we can leave them with. Henry. Remind me again why we can't put you in a gifted school. Because it's better for my psychosocial development for me to interact with a peer group in a normal school environment. Oh, yeah.
1: Hey, Susan? I guess I could just set you up a direct deposit if that's easier.
2: I I don't know. I'll have to ask Henry.
1: You have to ask your 11-year-old?
2: Did our financial statement come in the mail today? Yeah. I forgot to give it to you. I don't know how you do it, all by yourself. Come on, I have Henry. Find me another male of the species who's more grown up than him. I'd like to. This story, it's about me, my brother, my mom, and the girl who lived next door. Henry and Peter, they're lucky to have you. And your father's lucky to have you too. Stepfather. You okay? I'm good mom i have to tell you something and it's very important christina's in trouble when someone hurts someone else we have to make it better there's only one way to stop it i'd hope to do it all myself but that's not an option there has to be another way to help christina Mr.
0: Sickleman is the police commissioner. I'm not going to subject him to public scrutiny without conclusive
2: evidence. Okay, let's do this. Mom, everything you need is right here. I'll be with you the whole time. I know what you've done. Henry documented all of it. Who do you think they're gonna believe? The It can't be left undone. The No matter what, don't panic. I'm pan- not panicking. We have to make it better. The
1: reason that we watched this movie, um, no one suggested it. No one really thought of it. I had it in my brain because we were talking about Star Wars last week. And as we were talking about Star Wars, we were talking about the director of Star Wars Episode Nine, Colin Trevorrow, uh, who no longer is the director of that film. And I
0: made the mistake of asking if he made anything else.
1: Yes, he made Jurassic <laughs> World. Which I will once again prop up is a really good nostalgic and time.
0: He made the time travel movie that you mentioned that yes. I that I discovered I totally saw.
1: Which, if we have a time travel what uh, episode, next episode we might be able to talk about it. it was, but it was
0: called like five minutes. Or uh, something.
1: I think it was called oh, Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, for... sorry, no, that's a different sorry movie. Sorry for sorry bothering you just now. It was like five minutes to time travel. Yeah,
0: the point is it had April. The point is it was Parks
1: from April from Parks and Rec yeah. in a time travel movie. It was a very good low budget movie, as is Book of Henry. And um, uh, you know, he went off to make Jurassic World and made billions of dollars. Jurassic World was safety not guaranteed. Safety not guaranteed. There That's you go. The name of the movie. That's why we pay you the big bucks, yeah. my co-host baby. Yeah, nah, that was a weird. One. Yeah, that was a weird one. I was like a kind You're of like forcing a, the baby. I was an affectionate baby. Yeah. Like, my, my co-host baby. Um, so the book of Henry, um, was directed by Colin Trevorrow and he made it. And essentially when it came out, it was such a disaster. It was destroyed by critics. It was a movie that cost $10 million to make and only grossed $4 million internationally, which is about as God awful as humanly possible. And, um, end of the day, it, uh, ruined tra- Colin Trevorrow's chances at star Wars. They fired him off the movie as they were going into production because of the reaction to this film. And so that kind of changed Star Wars history. And, you know, if anything is so bad that it changes the trajectory of the biggest franchise in the world, you know the Dan's are going to take a look at it under the microscope, under the podcast scope. Yeah. Um, so this is Book of Henry. Um,
0: Should we start with ratings? <sighs> or just holy good- fuck. No, we're going to do
1: ratings at the end. <laughs> <laughs> for this one even though I, for me it's not going to be a surprise uh, it seems like from some hints um that we had along the way dan uh, may have liked parts of this movie more than me but before we get into what we thought about it let me break down this movie for anyone that hasn't seen it for anyone that has not seen the trailer i'm going to break down the plot in the most simple terms humanly possible without interruption dan um And that is basically that Naomi Watts is playing a typical spoiled white mother she does in every single movie. Um, (laughs) And she has a cute suburban family, which includes Henry, who is basically like an autistic genius. And then another kid who's the younger brother. I don't know. He's not. He's just a kid. He's just a kid. And... um, they live in a glorious, uh, splendiferous white mansion, uh, in a rural community. Their neighbor is played by Hank from Breaking Bad, um, who I shout will refer to. to yeah, shout out to my uncle. Um, who I will refer to as Hank throughout this entire thing. He's in my notes as Hank, so I do not know his character name. Do not care. Um, their neighbor <laughs> is Hank, uh, from Breaking Bad, who is, once again, a police officer. I feel like all, um, strong, commanding, bald men are kind of funneled into the police yeah, officer like the, role. like
0: the, the Michael Chick character. He
1: is the Michael Ch- <laughs> He's like the Michael 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 chiklis of of the world besides (laughs) like if michael chiklis died today and they needed to put someone in if they needed to literally slip someone into his shorts it would be it would be this guy um and uh so anyway they have this neighbor uh who's hank from breaking bad who has a daughter who's very troubled and basically turns out that um hank from breaking bad is molesting his stepdaughter and naomi watts's family um Henry, being the super smart autistic kid, he wants to save her from this horrible situation that she's in. He spends day and night thinking how he can save this girl that he has a huge crush on. No one so, will help. Yeah, no one will help. He can't figure out how to get people to um, intervene. Hank's on
0: th- brother is the head of child protective yes, services. Yes, Hank's
1: brother. Is, you know, Hank is is really high up in the police station. He's the chief of police. So they think that um, you know nothing can stop this molestation from going on. <laughs> we will get. To to that, because that is not true, but um, uh, and I wish kind of should have made my wife watch this one because she is like a social worker slash like um, oh, autistic okay. psychologist <laughs> to slash uh, yeah, whatever. Um, so um, basically, what happens is Henry. Uh, the lead character of the movie. Well, we'll get to it. It
0: makes it seem like she's a psychologist who's autistic.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My bad, Rachel. Um, I know you're fully functioning uh, in the brain department. You've got all your chromosomes and I appreciate and love you for all of them. Um, And uh, so basically what happens is that Naomi Watts' family goes on basically a mission. I'm not going to spoil the big plot points here, but they go on a mission to put a stop to their neighbor molesting his stepdaughter Uh, And how that happens is not only shocking but totally bizarre and made me very upset a thousand times over. So, um, should we do a little plot breakdown or do you want to talk about uh, maybe what you liked about this movie? Um, I'll tell you where I first knew that this movie was going to be weird. Um, So, the movie starts with you're being introduced to Naomi Watts' family. Like I said, the autistic kid. He's very, very smart. He's got all these crazy, zany projects and all this, like, goofy shit and, and steampunk nonsense that he's working on. He's like uh, he's like Tony Stark mixed with the Rain Man. He's, like, yeah. in he, a child's body. He's,
0: he's quite smart.
1: Um,
0: he, like, drops philosophy on his classmates. Yeah,
1: he's smart. And when this movie started, I, I thought to myself, oh, this is kind of this is a weird reference, but this is kind of like um, Igby Goes Down-ish, where you have, like, a really smart— um, really, like, edgy, young main character who's making really good points about adults and who's really worldly and seems interesting. And then the movie, like, completely flies off the fucking ramp. How many Golden
0: Guns would you give Igby Goes Down?
1: Like, nine. Yeah. 9.5 yeah. out of 10.
0: I love Claire Danes in that movie.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. I have a lot of crushes from that movie, including Jeff Goldblum, who's yeah. wearing some very smart suits I in that movie. Love <laughs> um, yeah, I love so yes, um, uh, where I knew this movie really kind of was beginning to go off the rails is that Henry, uh, this the, her son, they they're trying to establish that he's a, a genius of sorts. Yeah,
0: he 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 maintains all the family's finances. Yeah, he's investing in stocks yes. the entire time.
1: So speaking of, uh, there's a scene very early on in the movie where Henry. They cut to Henry talking on a payphone. Right. Uh, Okay. Now, how old would you say Henry is in this movie?
0: Um, I think Henry is in, like, fifth grade.
1: (sighs) Okay, so he is 11. Yeah. Yeah. So Henry's 11 years old, okay? And this is a movie that takes place in human reality. But they pan to him, and he is talking on a payphone to a stockbroker. And he's literally like, okay, NASDAQ's down two points. I need you to sell it at 2 p.m. I need you up, you know, 3.2 points by 4. It was... He's really smart. It was wild. There's no child who's ever made that phone call in the history of time. This kid is talking to a straight-up stockbroker on a payphone.
2: And so that's 3,000 of... Tannen check at 76 with a stop loss at 70. And you know what, give me 10 liftcom with the limit at uh, two and a quarter. Okay, yeah, I think it'll work. Oh, let's just say the benefit of being born into a bull market.
0: His mom works as a waitress in like this shitty diner. Okay, s- here's a s- who's, that's run by like Modern Horatio's hands. I don't know the that guy's actual
1: name. Modern or. Okay, so the diner that Naomi Watts's mom works at is <laughs> Naomi run by Watts is the is, mom. It's not her mom's is, is, is run by Bobby Moynihan, who yeah, I have Horatio in my Sands. notes, why did this happen to Bobby Moynihan? <laughs> Poor guy doesn't get to make a joke in the entire movie. He's just like... He's just an asshole. He's just like a completely clued out manager of a terrible employee (laughs) that we're supposed to sympathize with, but who is awful at her job and is an alcoholic and And terrible... Oh,
0: a terrible mother. She, uh... While Henry is going over all their finances and making sure the bills are paid, she's constantly playing Gears of War. Okay.
1: Now we are going to talk about how bad of a mother Naomi Watts is. We're going to go kind of back and forth here because she is... The worst mother of all time in this movie. Yeah, she's awful. Um, uh, like Dan is explaining, uh, while her autistic son does their taxes, <laughs> she is playing Xbox. Yeah. Okay, now constantly. Now let me tell you something as a as a really big gamer that bothers me in movies, and this is kind of like yoga hosers, where I hated that you could not see that they're playing the music they're supposed to be playing. When they show people that have never played video games before in their entire life playing the trigger playing video like, games <laughs> in the movie, it's like.
0: Yeah, got him! Oh yeah! It's like it's like. I like that they kind of. A- oh, a- got him. They kind of acknowledge oh, yeah. when, when Henry is like, "You don't have to lean into it. That doesn't do anything." And and, was and like,
1: Henry nice. was like, "Mom, you don't have to lean into it. You do You know, it doesn't do anything." And she's like, <laughs> Back off, "I'm about to level up, <laughs> faggot!" <laughs> Seriously, what? Like, what is going on in this movie? So as soon as they introduce that, Naomi Watts spends. Literally all of her free time, either getting drunk with yeah, Sarah, with Sarah Silverman, Silverman, who is puzzlingly her co-worker <laughs> that works at the diner, who's dressed like a whore throughout the whole movie. Um, <laughs>
0: and Henry, like, calls her a whore regularly. Oh, it's Henry's hilarious. like, you're a
1: dirty bag. And she's like,
0: I know, Henry. She's like, it's like
2: you, like. Dude,
1: <laughs> I don't know which relationship is more bizarre. All right, so anyway, she is a terrible mom in this movie. She's constantly playing Xbox, which I think is one of the weirdest things you could ever write into a movie, right? <laughs> I mean, where where did that idea come from? Um, and this and this kind of calls back to, well, I'm actually not gonna I'm not gonna give this up yet because we're gonna get there. So let's talk about little more things that she does as a terrible mother. Uh, for example, Naomi Watts. Um, there's a scene where she's giving her kid a bath. Right. Who's like seven? And she just
0: jerks him off.
1: And she just fucking jerks him off until he comes. I'm serious. No, he um, the, she takes his bathrobe off, right? And he gets into the bath, and it is so uncomfortable because this kid is too old to be being not only given. Okay, if your mom's giving you a bath when you're seven, whatever, your mom can draw the bath and be like, "Hey, have fun, honey. Shut the door and walk out." She takes his clothes off right. and is fully looking at him, totally nude, and this this brings me into. And this I, mean, is, I
0: don't know, that kid's like in first grade or something, that's fine.
1: This is like a 10 out of 10 golden guns on my harrowing scale um, <laughs> that Naomi Watts' character and Sarah Silverman, but and we'll get to that, but mostly Naomi Watts is in love with her son. Uh, in love with, she wants to fuck her son. She wants to fuck her son so badly that she has grief over him that only you would have over a lover. She is not motherly to him. It's very much a relationship where Henry, this autistic kid, is is carrying the weight economically, fiscally, like mentally for the entire family. And yet she talks about him and Sarah Silverman who eventually kisses him on the mouth. Right. Both of these women kiss him on the mouth know, in this movie. really um, His mother and her friend both kiss Henry on the mouth. Yeah. Um, in different places for totally different reasons. Um, and um, it is, to me, it is so wildly uncomfortable she also how Henry sexual from- she is with both of her kids. Uh, it's disgusting. It's weird. Like, it was written by somebody who never had a kid. Acted by people who are completely out of touch with her. I don't feel that way at all. Okay. Um... Uh, how about the time when um, uh, they're eating breakfast together and her son, not Henry, but the other one, dumps a gallon, a gallon <laughs> yeah. of syrup on his pancakes so much that it is flowing off both sides of the plate? Right. And she says to him, "Take it easy. That stuff is expensive."
0: Yeah, I mean syrup is really expensive. No, 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 no.
1: That's not what. That's not being a parent, though. Okay. No, I mean first that's of all, she's a shitty parent. It is revealed in this movie. St- several times over, that she has $700,000 in the bank from her divorce. No,
0: no. She has $700,000 in the bank because of Henry's stocks. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's why Henry keeps being like, Mom, you don't have
1: to— I can't even believe that is even stupid. In the beginning, he goes, goes, Mom,
0: I told you, you don't have to go to that shitty job anymore. I made you all this money with the fucking stocks.
1: her fifth grade autistic son is taking care of the whole house. He's also playing the stock market and is lush—the family's now lush with $700,000. Right.
0: Which is why she asks him for permis- permission before doing anything. I need to get this out of the way. I love this movie.
1: This movie was so bad, Dan. I loved it. This movie, I would not recommend my worst enemy. I give this movie an 8 out of 10 Cold Cuts. <laughs> You, you're you're kidding yourself. No, you're kidding yourself. I really liked it. This movie is absolutely awful. Um, this movie. This movie takes turns that are so offensive and so morally debased. It. And also, it's I will. So I will defuse this movie in one sentence. Okay. I'm not going to do it yet, but I can take this entire movie down in one sentence. It doesn't even. Do it the like the, the the plot of this movie. Um, oh God! Uh, starts to play out that you know uh, Henry is investigating um, this the Hank from Breaking Bad abusing his daughter, and at the height of this investigation, which do you ever see him abusing her? No, you see. see, Henry watches like a fucking pervert every night through the window, (laughs) waiting for his neighbor to get sexually abused. Okay? It happens, they don't show it on screen. They don't show anything on screen. We don't know
0: that it's sexual abuse. Oh no, no, no. no. They
1: say it's molestation at one point. Do they? Yeah.
0: Um They they show the way they indicate it is that Henry looks at her. She's in her room reading, looks down at the downstairs window. Hank's in a chair, looks back up, looks back down. Hank's gone. Then you see a shadow, and then presumably Hank's fucking the kid.
1: But it's never really explained, it's, it's arts, never it's implied artsy. visually. It. Oh my god, Dan. You cannot defend this movie. I loved it. This movie is irredeemable. The, the,
0: I love the performances.
1: The performances were terrible. What? All across the board. So anyway, the the crux of this movie, guys, the thing that we're kind of holding back on, the thing that makes this movie, I would say, morally reprehensible on literally every level. What makes the movie great? Is that halfway through the movie, the main character, title character, Henry, dies. He gets a plot-convenient brain tumor that comes completely out of left field. And five minutes after he has his first headache... out of
0: left field? He's been getting dizzy
1: the entire movie. Five minutes after his first actual headache in this movie, he's dead from, (laughs) from a tumor. And before he dies, and this is, as I mean, this movie is full of logic that is debased. It's so stupid. He, as he is dying in the hospital in his last two or three days, this comes on him in a period of less than a week, he's dead. He devises a plan in a notebook and on an audio device to then send his mother out on a quest to murder their next door neighbor. Yeah. To save this girl from the abuse. ACAB, the movie. Um, this is where this movie goes from bad to worse. Because he has... And I'm going to play uh, in the background. I could do it 100 hours of this, really. But the audio recordings that he left his mother yeah. are so specific. Yeah. To the point that they are actually having conversations post-mortem, back and forth, over an iPod of recordings. To the point where he's like... Okay, Mom, like, I know you're going to, um, I like, he's he's teaching her how to shoot the gun. Right. And and she misses the first time. And he records a, ha, 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 Mom, you missed. You'll try harder next time. Right. It is mental. Okay? He's, <laughs> for the rest of the he's movie. Like, he's like, go left. And she goes, no, you're on the left. Literally. So, I, for the rest of the movie, he is narrating to his mother a plan to murder their next-door neighbor, yeah. which she buys and... His brother, who is a child, yeah. buys full heartedly. Comes running into
0: the room. Mom, I think Henry wants us to kill the cop neighbor.
2: We're gonna walk through it together, step by step. One little miscalculation and the whole thing fails. Let's start by stockpiling some cash from ATMs. Don't act all weird. The camera's behind that little glass square up top. Don't look. Good. Withdraw five hundred dollars. How's that enough? I know it doesn't seem like enough, but if you hit another ATM right away, you can get around the daily limit. The next ATM's at Longbow and Swan. You're gonna go right at the intersection. Your other right. Listen, I'm sure you have doubts about this. You think? It's goddamn insane, is what it is, Henry. Could get all your swearing out. Not in front of Peter. It's It's about his influence.
0: And right at that moment, I was I was sold.
1: But I'm going to tell you why this movie. I, I mean, here's a moment that I'll never take get back.
0: your fucking bootlicking hot takes out of here, Dan. Take- here's
1: a moment that I'll never get back in my life, and that is when this woman whose troubled autistic child dies of a brain tumor, right, and she needs to grieve, and the first shot of her grieving is her crying and playing Xbox. That's what, <laughs> that's what we're dealing with. That is the level of smarts we're dealing with. Um, this movie was written. 20 years ago. Yeah. And it was put on the shelf um, for 20 years, probably because no one wanted it, probably because it is terrible. Um, and I think that that shows. And I'll tell you why. Because here is the one sentence that will diffuse the entire logic of this movie and destroy the entire right. movie. It All makes absolutely no well, sense. Maybe right? I don't want to hear that sentence. Um, Henry devises a plan where his mother is sent out. He gets her to buy a high powered sniper rifle,
0: yeah. which
1: is traceable, so that would fall apart. I mean, in a second. it's not a
0: sniper rifle, but we don't need to split air. Um
1: It's a high powered rifle with a scope, which is close enough where he then plans. For his mother, through thousands of hours of directions that he somehow recorded as he was dying in the hospital. Somehow, no one in his family was around him while he devised and recorded and set up this entire post mortem plan, even though they're all in the hospital. He says to them at one point, Guys, can you please leave the room? I want to be alone. But that's for less than an hour. And in that oh, period of time. Show it.
0: They show it through flashbacks. His mom was sleeping on the floor of the hospital. He stepped over her to escape.
1: So he escapes the hospital yeah. while he's dying of a brain tumor and devises an entire murder plan, yeah. complete with maps, um, how-to's, ammunition that info, was, info on, on how to buy a gun, and he was doing all of that. before Yeah, but he got to get sick. her to he, lead show her in the through gun store the plan like an hour is, is more complicated than the plan that itself. Plan.
0: He was working on that plan the entire movie since first of all, the plan is diagnosed. terrible.
1: It makes no sense. It seems like it works pretty damn well. It doesn't work at all. It's just a chance that he kills himself. No, it doesn't work because
0: his mom's a failure.
1: The whole whole movie's a failure. It makes no sense because here's why. Here's the one thing that hmm, maybe would have worked better than shooting your neighbor in the head and murdering him with a fucking rifle from your property from 40 feet away. I would say a better plan um, instead of investigating this extremely lengthy, extremely laborious plan that leaves tons of clues behind and tons of motive. Um the whole crux of the movie is he can't prove that this guy is abusing his daughter. Right. He can't prove it. And he can't tell the principal cause the principal's already written the report. And yeah, he can't the tell the social, worker, the social worker because yeah. the social worker needs proof. And first of all, that's not how these things work. No. Okay, so if you want to go into that, which I, I would let my wife do, she or she'd go on for an hour on how this movie is so stupid, but... you think in the
0: city of Philadelphia, if you went to the social worker and were like the chief of police is abusing his daughter, there wouldn't
1: be all sorts of politics behind it? There would be politics behind it, but everyone, including school officials, including the principal of the school, Who do they call? They call it Protective interested.
0: Services, and then and they you, call fun- them- you find out that... Okay, so at one point brother- in this movie,
1: Henry storms into the principal's office, and this is probably, the, probably the worst delivered line, maybe ever, um... <laughs> He, he breaks into our. He breaks into the principal's office. Now, this is a scene that you would see in an 80s buddy cop movie where the sergeant yeah, is yeah, keeping yeah. the cops down and the cop bursts into the office and goes, listen here, chief, I'm going to do it this way, blah, blah, blah. He, you got to go buy the book, Riggs. So... Um, Uh, this is the breaking point for Henry. The breaking point for Henry is that he's sitting across uh, from this abused girl in class and everyone gets a donut because it's someone's birthday. And they give this girl a donut to eat And she pushes it away. Yeah. And that moment is enough that Henry's like, this abuse must stop. Gets up, charges out of his classroom as his teacher is chasing him. Right. Kicks open the principal's door and goes, God damn it, Janet. How many times do I have to tell you to get this under control? It was a scene out of a different movie. (laughs) It made absolutely no sense. And the teacher goes, uh, the principal's like, God damn it, Henry, you can't come in here with your, you know, gruff and your <laughs> yeah. and your theories and yeah. I told you we can't prove it. And he's like, God damn it, woman. How many times do I have to show you all the proof? It's right before your eyes. It's like, literally, I can't imagine a writer sitting down and writing this movie. It is mental.
2: So, I'm handing out forms now, so be sure to bring back Karen's signatures. Henry, where are you going? Henry! God damn it, Janice! How much longer does this have to go on? What else do you need to see? I believe you mean Principal Wilder. him hey, we're not going down this road again. Bruises, exhaustion, decreased school performance—whatever grades been this
0: year? You know I can't tell you anything about another student's grades.
2: You're under no obligation to investigate. You need merely report suspicion of. It's it's your ethical responsibility as an educator.
1: This kid is eleven. He's really smart, and he is kicking his principal's and going. God damn it, like. <laughs> it's it something that not even an adult would do because it's so goofy and cliche. And the fact that a child is doing it is so unrealistic. Well, they all and think so he absurd. should be
0: in a special school, but yeah, he, he's should not be. he should be because this
1: movie was written in a special school for special fucking people like you, Dan. Um, <laughs> so what diffuses this entire movie is let me make a plan. Let me do my book of Dan because this is Book of Henry is basically his book that he leaves his mother for instructions to how how the to kill, kill the neighbor, officer. which are. I mean, just unreal, complicated. To have like, uh, they have to go and buy a gun, and they have to do. And she has to train, and she has to do all this like physical training, and it's it's completely absurd. He buys her a car, also. He buys her a Henry car. Bought her a car. Mm, Henry bought her a car. Mm, Henry, bought her a car. Mm, Henry bought her a car for this purpose. From the dead. Yeah, from the dead. Yeah, it's pretty sick. It's, it's, yeah, it makes. Ter- it's, it's a generous uh, yeah, kid. This could definitely happen. Hey, he's a smart um, kid. All that Henry would need to do is set up a camera in the window that he watches this abuse from. And film the abuse as it happens, and that's the end but of the movie. But you can't
0: see the end of the movie. You can't see Hank abuse. All you see are these shadows.
1: He could go by night vision. He bought a fucking sniper rifle. He could go by <laughs> night vision. This kid is smart enough to send his mom to buy cl- to buy ammunition for a gun that explodes on impact so it doesn't leave ballistics right. but isn't smart enough to get a night vision camera, film the abuse the but end. That's, end of the movie.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Roll credits, Dan relax that's it just relax for a second the there's
1: enti- no it makes no the, sense
0: yeah the, the the entire conceit at the end where she changes her mind is where she realizes that this is the plan of a fucking delusional child
1: yeah i i, I mean i guess so but to think that any adult in any state of grief would commit to a plan is psychotic and half brain and fucking insane i yeah, know it's
0: fucking crazy but that's why it's awesome because all of a sudden, you think you're watching a movie about this genius kid. The kid dies. I'm like, fuck, there's an hour left in this movie. Suddenly, it's about Naomi Watts is going to kill a police officer. I cannot
1: I'm believe bored. that you can sit in front of me and complain of the tone of a movie like Ravenous and sit through <laughs> this movie, which is lauded garbage, and defend it. It's amazing. It's yeah. why you're on this podcast. Yeah, I knew, It's the only reason why you're on I this was podcast like waiting. because you're, this kind of opinion it seems like you would come up with it just to annoy me, but it's even sadder because you really believe it.
0: When I was watching it, I was like, fuck, I hope something happens that makes me start liking this less than ravenous cuz he's going to be really
1: pissed. I mean, I was praying that something would happen in this movie that I could give it less than a zero. I was praying. I want to tell, tell you, I what tell I, you I I'll tell, let you, me tell you what
0: I hate about this movie. Is and there's only one thing that I Okay,
1: hate. only one thing that you hate about yeah. this movie. And what okay. I hate, yeah, what
0: is that the big climax scene Has the very stereotypical, like, talent show crossing between... It keeps cutting between this talent show versus Naomi Watts in her tactical gear about to shoot Hank. Um, And then the the girl, the abused girl's performance of ballet is
1: so moving that suddenly... First of all, in this talent show that they show, as they're... Let's say the most tense part of this entire movie is Naomi Watts has a fucking gun. She is hiding in her backyard, setting up the shot yes. to kill her neighbor. It is the crux of the action. Is the crux of everything that has happened in this movie. And as it is happening, they're intercutting... Between a children's talent show right. where the kids are terrible super at their talent, their kids the freestyle kid so rapping, breakdancing, they did not pick a single act that made any juxtaposable sense. And as you're watching maybe the most exciting part of a movie that is otherwise oh. dreadful, you are being intercut with tonally things that make absolute that are supposed to make you laugh. I mean, some of them. Basically, when they were making this movie, they're like, "Oh, we have a talent show part. Wouldn't it be funny if the kids were really bad right. at the talents?" And those are the scenes that they cut in between her setting up the sh- the kill right. shot. Why? You know. It's terrible filmmaking. It's terrible writing. It's a movie that is bankrupt on every single level. Um, with with the last two movies we did on this podcast in this section were the Man with the Golden Gun and Yoga Hosers. Um, I was able to glean ways to make Yoga Hosers, I think, a movie that could work. Whereas, and Golden Gun, like all Bond movies, there are many things that you could do to make them work a little bit better. Less exploitative, less this, more that. This is the first movie that we've watched in any of our segments where I found it irredeemable. I think that it could not be fixed. I think that the reviews were right and that this movie was... uh, a failure a top down. You Can you can't... agree
0: that this movie was beautifully shot?
1: I couldn't even notice it. I was so, I was so it was sh- beautifully shot. If you like like This Is Us, if you like a if you, if you like a TV show that takes place in a neighborhood with all white people in a clean house, sure, look great. It looked like it was set up nicely. They probably had great craft service. It was horrible, Dan. Dan, this movie is horrible. I think it's a good movie. Let me read you some reviews. Hold on, I didn't get
0: movie. to say what I hated about the movie. Okay. Was go that ahead. was that the principal somehow surmised from how moving that her ballet performance was that she suddenly realizes like you know what I got to do something. <gasps> Holy shit! Here. Yeah, so I Nao- almost forgot about Naomi it. Naomi Watts decides at the last second because of one of Henry's devices that for some reason reveals a bunch of photographs of him as a child. She realizes that he's just a dumb kid uh, and that she needs to be an adult for the first time in her life and not just listen to her kid, her dead kid, who's telling her to shoot a police officer in the head. <laughs> And then, but like, luckily, the, the principal in turn realizes.
1: And luckily, convenient enough, that police officer takes his own life yeah. anyway. So she she's oh, so didn't moved. have to do she's it so after all.
0: By how moving and painful the ballet performance is, that she realizes she really is being abused. So she gets protective services involved. Hank calls his brother to be like, hey, I know you're totally complicit in me fucking my kid, but looks like it's. Fu- oh, also. Uh, Naomi Watts confronts Hank to be like, I'm coming for you, baby. Um, And Hank's like, all right, now I got to get on top of this. Instead of just, like, arresting her for, like, holding a fucking rifle at him. And then the principal calls protective services. His brother's like, I can't hide you anymore for being a piece of shit. So he just kills himself. In
1: 2019, I'm going to tell you something straight up. And I know we already went over this. But in 2019, doesn't matter if you're the chief of police. In fact, in this day and age, this kind of evidence is taking people down who are more powerful than chiefs of polices, okay? All they would need is a video of him abusing her. That's it. That's all it would take. The social worker who said she needed proof, there's your proof. The principal who said we need proof, there's your proof. The cops that, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's dirty, blah, blah, blah. If you take a video of a man molesting his stepdaughter and put it on YouTube, the next day that guy's life is over. It doesn't matter who it is. I don't don't feel that way at all. It's 2019. You can say things and you'll be... In this, this, this is the day and age they where the
0: most likely demographic to be abusing people within their own house and nothing happens.
1: This is the, but nothing happens because no one comes up with a crack crazy plan to, to stop it. To Whereas this was a situation where this kid had infinite resources, infinite smarts to take this guy down, and his plan was like a. A home alone version of go out and kill this guy that yeah. i found to be i loved it absurd
0: it was definitely absurd the movie was trying to get absurd no it wasn't
1: because it was grounded in reality for the first hour yeah. that it was That's a it tonal was shift. so grounded in reality that you have child cancer death you have horrible issues you have grief you have autism you have serious topics that people struggle from and they turned it into a fucking farce first
0: of all no one in the movie is autistic. You're just assuming that... No, he's 100% autistic. No,
1: no, no. I'm not even going to go over it, Dan. Here are some reviews for this garbage pile. <laughs> Here's what other people thought about this movie, because Dan and I are not agreeing. I like this review because it's written in the voice of Stefan from SNL. Do you know who Stefan is? the, gay, yeah, yeah, the gay yeah, of character. course. It says... Hollywood's hottest club is The Book of Henry. This movie has everything. Sniper rifles, Jacob Tremblay doing magic, and Naomi Watts playing the mandolin. <laughs>
0: All right. Let me, let, me, let me read some reviews to you.
1: Um, a tearjerker with no tears, a thriller with no thrills, and a family film which manipulates and undermines the value of true familial love. The Book of Henry is a true atrocity.
0: It was innovative, suspenseful, sad, and all sorts of emotions all oh in one. Oh, my God, A damn, definite must-see no. movie which kept me in my seat from beginning to end. You are embarrassing It has so, so
1: much of adventure and You're a lesson
0: for each and every one of us, especially when Henry says it is apathy that is the most dangerous crime of all.
1: This was written by someone who got stoned in seventh grade and thought they were smart. Maybe that's you grown up. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like childhood philosophy. It's mental. Um like uh, my fa- like uh, a friend of mine said at the Chicago Tribune, like a drunk clown playing at a children's party, this is the kind of movie you watch with mouth agape. You just know the foolhardy juggling act it is attempting. A mix of precocious kid comedy, crime thriller, and weepy, it's going to end in disaster, disaster.
0: Okay. I want to point out that I don't give any credence to movie reviewers. I do. Movie reviewers that's are pieces I, of shit. That's why that's you why and I are on a movie review podcast. So, IMDb. <laughs> It has it as a 6.6 out of 10, where that piece of shit western you had me watch this weekend was at a 7 out of 10. It's only .4 below. Which, I mean... Google reviews, 92% like this movie.
1: And you are now going to sit here and tell me that Google reviews you trust that opinion over film critics? No, you I, think trust that the my, I trust American, my average American. I an opinion. You, the average American, is this the person to turn to in terms of whether think, the Book of Henry is good or bad? A th- movie that made four million out of I think ten million the dollars. The average
0: American is just as valid as a film critic. Film critics a stupid fucking. job. Well, the
1: average American did not like this movie. It made no money. It failed and ruined several people's careers. Based think, on how
0: much money it made, clerks didn't make any money.
1: Yeah, but it made millions in D V D. It started his entire career. It's made it's considered a cult classic. This movie is considered a top down disaster. It's a complete embarrassment. And I am Tomato
0: meter twenty two percent. Audience score sixty three percent. Those are both bad. That, that ain't bad. Those are both terrible. That's fine. It's average. Sixty three percent liked it.
1: Um I don't go by Rotten Tomatoes. I go by reality. And the reality is that this movie was a misbegotten mess. It is was, was a step away from any kind of reality, funny, interesting, or otherwise.
0: Can we talk about how For good rate? of a person and, Sarah character And also, character this is a
1: movie where Sarah Silverman and Naomi Watts both kiss a child on the lips sexually. And I found it... You're not into that? No, dude. This You're not movie... feeling it at all? Did you show Kat this movie? No. I think if I showed my wife this movie, she would kill me. I think she'd she'd kill me for making me watch it. Making her watch it because I want to kill myself for having seen it. It was that bad.
0: It's the first movie we've watched that I've
1: enjoyed. I'm going to give this a zero out of ten. I'm going to give it an eight. Dan's giving it an eight. Giving it an eight. I I want to
0: really emphasize how much I hate the police.
1: It doesn't matter. I don't care what the message was. I thought it got got,
0: like, when it made that shift, I was was like, this is psychedelic.
1: It was a bad, sad cartoon for people who don't understand what life is. Written by somebody who probably smoked one joint and thought they had a good idea twenty years ago, and 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 granted, I think this movie could have worked twenty years ago. In many ways, it felt like it. Imag- okay, finally, <laughs> finally, I thought of a way that this movie would work. Is that imagine that this was a nineteen eighties Amblin era type of thing, like The Goonies, where it's kids versus adults. The kids are figuring out a plan. The adults are kind of bucking up against that. The kids, no, I hate it. That's the only way Everyone's this movie could The charm of this movie. There's no it's no, char- a, it's there's a, no charm. It's it is a bleak hellhole It's a, a <laughs> holocaust of a movie that you are defending I don't even know why. I don't know where it's a what kind of mood you were in when you watched this, it's but about you're, the you're role nuts.
0: reversal of the children and the adults.
1: There's no role reversal because the children is the only the, the kid is the only adult in the entire movie. There's no one else who is an adult.
0: Right, that's the point. That's the role reversal. There's no reversal. The adults are all useless. The
1: adults are just not even... They're not even human beings. No human being would act like Naomi Watts. No human being would do anything like any adult did in this movie. From a social worker, child endangerment point of view, this movie is reckless and ridiculous. From a uh, special needs learning point of view, ridiculous. And as a thriller, or a... a, a, a God forbid would call this movie a thriller, it is a total failure. Do you think... There's not a... Millisecond of tension.
0: In Do you this think this is a good or a bad review? It's from the Washington Post. It's the filmmaking equivalent of a monkey with the head of a goat, the tail of a fish, wings, and teeny tiny rat claws. That, yeah. sounds, that sounds good, right?
1: I think that sounds good because, honestly, this movie was one Frankenstein piece after another stitched to a body that wouldn't turn Empire off. Empire Magazine gave it 3 out of 5. Empire's awful. They've been sold out for a thousand years. I'm not going by Rotten Tomatoes, folks. I'm going by, if you'd like to see... Whether or not this movie is good or not, go and watch it. Yeah, I think I want you
0: to watch it. It destroyed many careers. Don't listen to the fucking cynics of the world. I'm not a cynic, dude.
1: I sat here and watched Going the fucking Distance, this crap that I gave an 8 for you, this crap, and you watched this movie and thought it was an 8. Do you know what an 8 is out of 10 for movies? That that that? means you like this movie like 80% more than like... Like, this movie to you is two points away from perfection. (laughs) You're sick. No, you're fucked, okay? I'm glad you have a different opinion than me. That's adorable. People are going to like, oh, it's so cute. They don't agree. But, like, you are fucked in the head if you like this movie. Straight up. I pray for you. Zero out of (laughs) ten. It was truly harrowing. And and that's an eight for you, Dan? (laughs) Yeah, I'll give it. Okay. An eight, harrowing, but the right kind. <laughs> um, so if you like child murder, if you like a child molestation, I saw if you like kissing a baby on the lips, if you like uh, Naomi Watts playing Xbox, if you like unwarranted <laughs> emotional beats, manipulation at its finest, a several twists that don't work, and a movie where Naomi Watts is essentially doing her best Nicolas Cage impression, then let's yeah, go. I feel that. I yeah. thought it was
0: very similar to Super, which I love and you don't like. I hate it's a dark awful movie. Yeah, I love it. It's
1: amazing. It's one of my favorites. You you're I'm cynical, you're sardonic. You're like yeah, a I'm mas- You're like a masochist. Cuz yeah. this crap this Going the Distance movie, I wouldn't own this, okay? I know we could go downstairs and yeah, I own Pacific Rim 2. That's embarrassing, but this is somehow I mean, and I went out on a limb to like this for you and I just feel sick about it. You oh, liked that's... it, though. You enjoyed it. I did, but I only enjoyed it because I was trying so hard to love it. I was like, I'm going to fucking love all this right. movie. This
0: movie, Book of Henry, I went in expecting the hate. I hate Naomi Campbell. Is that her name? Watts. Naomi Watts, because she's the star of my least favorite movie of all time. Which is what? Mulholland Drive. Okay. And then... You can
1: agree on that. Thank God. All right, good. It's not my most... I hated this movie more than that. No,
0: no, I hate that movie. I
1: mean, that movie is artistically pleasing. This movie is not pleasing. This movie 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 was like looking at a page out of the Ikea book covered in child cancer. I fucking hated it. (laughs) I fucking hated it so much. I I hated it, but I'll tell you what was interesting about this movie compared to Golden Gun and Yoga Hosers, and maybe this is the best I can say about it, is that I was on the edge of my seat in terms of how fucking much worse can this movie be? And Every scene that played out, Instead of – it was like I was writing notes for a while. I eventually stopped and was like, please, keep topping yourself in terms of yeah. stupid. Keep keep doing it. And it did. And it kept me more interested than Yoga Hosers or Golden Gun because it was just – it started so it's simple and stupid. beautiful. It's absurd. It started with a beautiful premise. Right. I liked the kid. I, I kind of liked the setup even though Naomi Watts is a complete space alien, which I think she always is. <laughs> There's a movie starring her and Jacob Tremblay, who's also in this movie as one of her kids, where um, she is a mother of him again. That movie is called Shut In*.
0: Okay.
1: I almost want to make you watch it. It is uh, worse than this movie. And that movie was Naomi Watts starring... I mean, 70% of
0: movies with, are worse than this movie. With
1: Jacob Tremblay. I'd say every every movie is worse than this movie, <laughs> if this movie is worse than anything. It's not possible. It's like we're talking... You know, like It's opposite day. I think after this podcast, you're going to be like, you know what, bro? It was opposite. To I, was tr- I was
0: trying I so hard. I loved Ravenous. Not- I
1: did not love The Book of Henry, which is, I mean, a shoe in for terrible. This. <laughs> I was trying so hard not to talk to you about this movie all week. So I, I'm, like, I'm like a low-key boss at my work, and there's a guy that did something wrong today that he's done wrong a thousand times. And I came up to him, and he started. I said, listen, you can't back the truck up that way because of this and that. And he said, uh, something else started arguing with me. And I stopped him, and I said, this is not an argument. This is you listening. This right. is this is, and with this movie, I assume that this was not an argument that we were both coming in. We knew that it was terrible. We knew that it was garbage, an absolute garbage pile. Um, so for you to say you liked it, that'll make for some easy listening for the folks at home. Yeah. For me, it's going to just mean one extra blood pe- pressure medicine pill tonight um, because I'm shocked.
0: Yeah, I. I if anything, really I can say about you, you I leave felt, me breathless. I felt badly about how much I liked it.
1: Well, you know. But you shouldn't. And I shouldn't make anyone feel bad. I mean, I did just say some very extremely rude things to you, but it's only because... Yeah. I mean, your opinion this, me- means the nothing to me. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why we're good here. Yeah. I don't think either of us is actually listening to the other person. Right. <laughs> in the first episode, I had I'm you... I'm just waiting for my turn to talk. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. i I, I wouldn't say I'm waiting for my turn to talk so much as I'm never listening to you. I'm always talking in my head, and I just choose to let it out in right. Um So, man... So, what a journey today. So I
0: think we can comfortably say that the Movie Blues podcast gives this an average of 4 out of 10 Golden Guns. Yes.
1: Uh, this is the final movie we'll ever be reviewing on the <laughs> Movie Blues podcast. Now with a new co-host next week, myself. Uh, <laughs> we'll just be talking to myself. I'll never disagree with myself, so that's never going to be a problem. But no, I, I appreciate your point of view. I appreciate that you made me watch Going the Distance, which I can be positive about and say that it broke the mold in terms of uh, – Stuff that I normally wouldn't enjoy. Um, and then you brought me right back down to it with your trash opinions, so we're back at ground zero. I like
0: here. when movies present totally absurd premises as totally straight.
1: I like when movies have logic that makes sense in reality, no matter what the situation is. And this was not a movie that played in any kind of reality that would ever happen. I don't know. Never. Nothing it. like what happened in this movie has ever happened Stop
0: pointing the go in the distance when you're talking about it. Because
1: every time I'm mad, I want to point at Justin Long and his face and his teeth and his... I saw his butt for you, okay? His <laughs> butt was in this movie. It was so graphic. I, I have a fucking 60-inch TV. His butt is, like, the like size of my head.
0: You, between this and Golden Gun, you have, like, a huge issue with male nudity that, like, I feel like we need to explore.
1: No one likes male nudity. Who is getting into this? Who started watching Going the Distance and said, God, I hope I see Justin Long's clenched butts? No one
0: went in hoping, but, you know, when you see it, But when you're done you jerking it, off... <laughs>
1: You're like, you know what? I'm not ashamed of what just happened. This is one of those jerk-offs that I don't instantly close my phone and go, wow, I shouldn't have been doing that.
0: Much less dark than uh, r slash black chicks white dicks.
1: Don't follow that link. And (laughs) I'm going to let another one of Dan's failed jokes ring out in the silence of uh, inappropriateness that it is. And I want to thank you, Dan, for opening my eyes to... Holocaust jokes and Justin Long movies that I otherwise would never hear on a Monday. So love you for that. And uh, this was—are we going to say the spiciest maybe we've ever gotten? It was pretty spicy.
0: I mean, I've been waiting for us to not agree on a movie. It's yeah, def- it's definitely better. I
1: think our audience has been clamoring for us to kill each other too because they want this to end as I mean, much as it's we do. not
0: fun to like circle jerk about how bad a movie is. Like right, ever- there
1: comes a point where we should be kind of like, like you have to be a real fucking and
0: idiot asshole to like like Man with the Golden Gun. Well, I Whereas in, Book of Henry, you know, it's it's a, yeah, it's, a I mean, it's a
1: subtle type of
0: artisticness that not everyone can really, uh, you I know, can admit that there are other it people... It takes a special... At, it takes a really high IQ to like the Book of Henry.
1: Okay, folks. I'm going to go fucking kill myself. Because <laughs> I just realized how dumb I am for not liking the Book of Henry. Which, uh... Brings me to my last segment, where I end my life. <laughs> <laughs> Much like Hank from Breaking Bad. Much like Hank from Breaking Bad, who uh, coincidentally commits suicide, and then none of the plan mattered anyway, so... Yeah. What was the point it's of the a movie? happy ending. Yeah, I was so happy. I was, like, ringing with joy.
0: Yeah, she, she gets adopted by Naomi
1: Watts, who no
0: longer has oh Henry
1: to... Oh, to, wait, have sex and- her, to have sex with her son <laughs> because she is romantically in love with her son this entire movie and it is also, fucking
0: disgusting also Hank killing himself inspires her to finish her children's book that she's been working on the whole oh time
1: my God, but her son who told her every day mom you should work on your books that didn't do it but a man no, she's shooting himself in the head next door that did it
0: yeah, it's, a, it's a significant moment in one's life oh it's, like, it's like it's oh like the gentile God, version of a bar mitzvah
1: man. what world did you grow up in you're, <laughs> you're fucking, New Jersey is a fucking weird place man <laughs> Yeah, you know. Like we are two dans from the tri-state area, but my god, yeah, it it's you are from the main line. It's this is like um like this Cold is Gate like Sports. first fucking contact. Between aliens and man. It's like Prometheus and Bob. This is Prometheus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, people.
0: Uh, Who's Prometheus?
1: Who's Bob? Find out next week on find Israel. Find next week on IsraelCast. Oh, wait, are we going
0: to talk about what we're doing next week? Um,
1: Yes. Uh, we're going to play some transition music and then talk to you about what's coming up next. On... You should
0: play one of the songs. You should play that kid rapping from the talent show in Book of Henry. Okay, guys.
1: Here we go.
2: You want to step to me? I kick you in the knees. I'm the baddest, meanest, mad dog mother you're ever going to see. Blink twice, you miss me. Six, they try to kiss me. Suckers, they see me and flee me. After I kick them in the shorts, get lost, dorks because all tidbits. But me, I'm the shoesnits.
1: Okay. We're still friends, right? We're still... F- we're friends. We're <laughs> friends because I think I think we've disagreed on things so many times before. Yeah. We're 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 able to brush it under. Maybe day. we should do something less controversial and talk about music next week. Yeah, yeah, I feel like most people when they argue to the level you and I just did, they do something cathartic afterwards. Whereas we're just going to split ways and watch more movies. Yeah, hate, I think we which should, may only make this worse. I feel like
0: we should like double down, like.
1: You want to do more bad, like, bad, like more arguments or like, more <laughs> bad movies? Like,
0: if I had creative control right now, we would be, like, watching something else that I think we're going to fight just as much about. <laughs> and then we can slowly build the resentment over the course of, like, everyone can listen um, to the arc of our friendship disintegrate.
1: I feel like a lot of podcasts that I listen to, especially with two guys, people, like, inference that the guys hate each other, but it's, like, a slow thing. Right. It's, like, two seasons in, you're, like is this a podcast about two guys trying every fast food place, or is yeah, this a podcast a about two guys that kind of hate each other? Yeah. Whereas you and I are literally screaming at each <laughs> other. Uh, I don't think there's any, like, hidden messages about how we feel about each other, but um, that, I think that's what makes us uh, sexy and seriously funny. Our last episode will definitely be us actually talking about our opinions on Israel. Yeah. Well, the final episode, yeah, will be <laughs> half Israel, half Holocaust remembrance commentary. Yeah, half Book of Henry, too. I- Right, my parents don't listen to this anytime soon. Um, So, guys, if you are wondering what we're going to do to your ears next week. We're going to do something a little different. We're going to do something a little different. Um, we're going to do a th- our first theme episode yeah. where we're going to explore um, science fiction. We're going to explore time travel movies. In specific, um, I'm going to give Dan a time travel movie he hasn't seen and vice versa which is kind of our usual gig yeah. and, um, and, and we're following the
0: theme of like it's a mov- two movies that came up previously on the podcast yes
1: so. both of these movies have come up previously on the podcast so we're not going to say them out loud but if you've been doing your homework you yeah. may be able to write in the message yeah, the hardcore forum. OGs they if, know if right now you're on the movie podcast forums you could start a new thread that says I think I know what they're yeah. going to do next week yeah. uh, for time travel and if anyone has any suggestions feel free in the comments yeah if anyone us. wants to tell us anything Good yeah. job bad job yeah. we're listening yeah, in fact any feedback <laughs> don't feel so alone <laughs> we're here for you yeah. uh, let us know because yeah we're cranking away yeah. over here if you guys to were give feeling, you guys entertaining some of
0: those jokes that I made earlier
1: yeah uh, if somebody if one of our fans wants to put together all of the dead air moments after Dan's Holocaust jokes uh, just edit together the blank yeah. moments not the jokes just the blank moments so we can hear that silence and soak it in if it doesn't work visually for you guys
0: where I get to see Dan's yeah. jaw drop and some of the shit that comes out of my mouth. I have
1: almost dislocated my jaw today <laughs> at some of the moments uh, that Dan is... I can't... One of them today was like my face almost broken Particularly
0: because I'm hearing dress clothes.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's it's tough to hear such bad opinions from someone who is dressed <laughs> so nicely. So...
0: Um, he thinks
1: it's smart chopper. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Movie Blues Podcast. If you've made it this far, that means uh, we are now in control of you and uh, right. can sense everything. So. Yeah, and
0: if you want to know what I'm wearing, it's part of the Amazon collection. Yeah,
1: if you check our site afterwards, we're going to have Dan's outfit breakdowns yeah, $20 for 99 you. for a dress shirt. If you want to dress and look like Dan for half the price, so that would be $5 <laughs> instead of $10, um, <laughs> check out our outfits section yeah. of the website. Go to
0: Amazon.com
1: slash Movie Blues. Yes, yeah. or Israel.com backslash Feedback. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, let let them know how they're doing.
1: Okay, guys, with that last cackle, we're gonna wa- uh, wipe up the episode here. Wipe up, whack up, whack up, wrap up. We're gonna wipe up. I'm gonna whack up the all the mess of this that episode. I made
0: from watching Book Henry. Yeah.
1: Um. <laughs> Yeah, I went through a whole box of tissues during the Book of Henry, and it wasn't because I was crying. It was because she was in love with her son. (laughs) And it turned me the fuck on. I actually wrote in my notes at one point, Sarah Silverman is kissing a child on the lips right now. Why am I so aroused? And I will let that question stick with all you guys until next time.